Let's review with Haunted Igloo. Welcome back to Let's Review with Haunted Igloo. I'm your host, Haunted Igloo, also known as Hutch. And here we have returning <laughs> <Hutch>. guests. <laughs> yeah, here we have returning guests who's always here. Yeah, uh, Swenson. Practically with you. You should have renamed the, the podcast. That's not going to happen. Swinny Poo in the Glue. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> All right, so today's, uh, well, first, you know, we haven't, this episode's been planned for a while, um, but we haven't gotten to do it yet because of coronavirus. Yeah, because of all the COVID-19 stuff. So we're not even recording on our regular spot. We're actually recording at my, uh, in my office at home. So it's just us two. So if the sound's a little off or it sounds different, or um, if you hear the screaming in the background, that's, that's my kids, but. Just ignore that and please bear with us. All right, but it's good to be back. Um, I'm we're, we're working uh, hopefully on another episode this weekend also, so we can hurry and push out two episodes. So this one will be kind of a shorter episode, probably probably less than an hour, but um, it's about our top ten individual Final Destination deaths, which we'll get more into. But for our first segment we're going to be doing a uh, mini movie review so that's what i'm going to call it a mini movie review because it's what we did last time when we um when we basically did the little spin wheel on which movie after we each picked one i kind of changed up the rules a little um sad news there's not going to be any uh quizzes or quiz games today oh thank god i'm tired of losing there will be most likely on our next episode, which is going to be a surprise. I'm not going to spoil it right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I see how it is. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, the way that the uh, mini movie review is going to work is, uh, like last time, Swenson and I were going to go to my Instagram page. We're, yeah, but this time, we're each going to select two movies. Um, uh, the only rules are you can't pick a movie the other person picked, and you can't pick a movie that's already been um, talked about. Um, on a podcast episode and it can't be a series so uh, those are the only rules so we're each going to go and pick I know he already has one ready because he lost it last time I have another one all right well for this how it's going to go so you picked yours first you already told me end of watch I'll pick one next okay um, I'm going to go ahead and pick I am legend okay all right what's uh what's your next pick um because it's still kind of fresh in my head the hunt the Hunt, that was actually going to be one of mine, and if you chose that, I already had one pre-picked, and uh, it was going to be... Actually, I'm going to change it. I was going to say Fantasy Island, but now I'm going to say Uncut Gems. Okay, so I haven't seen that. Oh, man, I can't believe it. Well, it's definitely going to be a spoiler alert for anybody, so let me just go ahead and um, enter everything. So, All right, so we chose Uncut Gems. The hunt. End of watch. End of watch. The hunt. And I am legend. All right. So those are our options. Now we're going to spin the wheel. All right. You ready? Yes. You want to do the honors? You know, yeah. Let me click. All right. Oh, I am legend. I am legend. All right. That's good because I actually just watched it the other day. Great, 
Great movie, by the way. I love it. One so, of my favorite Will Smith movies. Well, so real quick, guys. Um, if you're not following me, go follow me at Haunted Igloo. No underscores, just at Haunted Igloo on Instagram. And I actually did post my uh, review of it on Instagram. So if you go follow me, um, go read it. Check out uh, what I thought of it. Um, just check out all of the movie. All the movies that we just picked are, are reviews on my page. So please, just go check them out. Give me a follow. And... I mean, enjoy that and enjoy this, you know, I mean, movie, I love reviewing movies, guys. It's a huge hobby of mine. I kind of like having Swenson here to talk, just so I don't have to uh, talk alone. He wouldn't be my first choice, but I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. So I am legend. All right. It's got uh, Will Ferrell. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. Could you imagine? (laughs) No, no, it's got, it's got, okay, look, imagine this though. Instead of Will Smith, Eddie Murphy. Now, the funny part of that is there's a part in the movie where Will Smith is is like quoting as the movie's going, where, where the kid in the movie's watching Shrek, and Will Smith is quoting and following along with Donkey's lines. Jeez. Now, that's funny because if it were Eddie Murphy in the movie, Eddie Murphy would be doing his own lines. I hate you. <laughs> that's what's funny to me. Okay, but no, so I Am Legend, it's actually based off of a 1954 book of the same name mm-hmm. by uh, Richard Matheson. And I'm actually reading that right now. So, but this, but the book is actually based off. It's, it's actually about uh, vampires. It's not, zombies. Oh, so it's not about like yeah, zombie no, apocalypse. No, it's about, well, it's like a more of a vampire apocalypse and I'm not far into it yet. I just started it, but um, uh, guys, spoiler alert, by the way, um, there's not going to be really any spoilers about the book, but it, definitely spoilers about the movie. But yeah, so it's, um, Instead of like uh, what they're called in the movie, they're called dark seekers, but they're basically um, quote unquote like z- zombie, but um, they're really just infected people. But in the book, it's vampires, and the book actually takes place in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I, I just started it the other night, so I'm not that far into it yet. But I Am Legend, uh, it's great. I mean, honestly, it, what, it came out in 2000. 2000 and- Five or six? Well, I thought two thousand eight. I think no, nah, because Hancock came out the way. I think it was two thousand six. If I'm not mistaken. I should know this before I am even talking about it. I'll look it up real quick. But let's see. Two thousand seven. You were right. We're actually both close because we're it was right in between. That's weird though when you think about like when movies came out like that and you're like then you Sorry, think about I missed that. Could you say it again, please? Can you turn your phone on? Say it as legend. All right, so uh, it, it's weird to think about what years, like movies that you grow up with, came out because you then you think like, oh, how old was I at that time? I was, I was ten when that came out. I, I was around ten, dude. Two thousand seven. That makes me sound young as shit. Like, and I know I kind of am, but I was born in ninety seven. So this came out thirteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. just about. You were twelve then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feels like yesterday. Oh well, you know a little cool thing. Uh, about it, I like in the movie when he's driving around and um, he, uh, you see the the Batman, the Batman and uh, Superman logo in the top. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's like uh, that one was actually a really cool symbol of it. Like they fit the Superman logo within the Batman symbol, um, and it's crazy how uh, what is it? Eight years later, it actually came out. Although the movie itself takes place in 2012, I believe. So. 
if we're following that timeline in in that universe, that movie would have virus. I think it was about like what three years. Three so years. that was up for three years. That probably wouldn't if they were already advertising. Let's just pretend they were just advertising. So that movie would have been out within about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, if the movie takes place in 2012 and the vi- um, three years after the virus outbreak, that would have been 2009. So let's say the movie came out in 2010. In that universe, Batman vs. Superman would have come out about 2010, 2011. I mean, it might even have come out 2009. Can you imagine but, Brandon Roth, Christian Bale, Batman? Yeah, <laughs> but, and then ours came out in 2015. Brandon Roth as Superman? It, theirs might not have even been Batman vs. Superman. Theirs would have, probably would have been like a team-up movie. But that, that, that was cool. I thought that was a really cool. Um, it's not really an Easter egg, but it's, it's pretty cool. So... Uh, the movie basically it's about uh, a virus that outbreaks. They call it the K virus because um, Emma Thompson. I can't remember what the character's name, but her name starts with a K. But they named the virus after her because originally they said she found a cure, but the cure it was like a cure for cancer. But then, it but it didn't out, work. Yeah, it didn't work. So um, over over the next few years, uh, it killed people. Whoever it didn't kill it turned them into these what they call dark seekers in the movie. The reason they call them that is because these things cannot go out in light. Um, it burns their skin. So they stay um, during the day, they stay in a dark abandoned buildings and um, almost like hibernate kind of. Um, but basically they just kind of stand up and sleep. Um, but it, 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 they, the K and the, what's called the K virus was based off of uh, Emma Thompson's character's name. Because it was it was her last name virus and then for short K virus because you know she created it mm-hmm. and it did not work so uh, yeah uh, Will Smith thought he was the only survivor it's him he thinks he's the only survivor it's him and his dog Sam who's a uh, a uh, German Shepherd German Shepherd I, dude I almost said Golden Shepherd because I couldn't <laughs> get go- I I could not get Golden Retriever out of my head and I was like no it's so yeah. There, uh, he's, he's already got this, this routine lockdown. He does the same thing every day. You know, he stockpiles, he goes out, he tries to hunt. And it's crazy seeing New York city like this. New York city is quiet. I mean, if you guys have ever played the last of us, it's almost like that. I mean, there's, there's like lions and deer that are running, running through the city. Um, the earth has taken over the city again. It's all run down and the earth is flourishing. It's growing. So, you know, he goes out, he hunts, he does what he needs to, to, to prep for every day. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, he's got the system locked down and he's actually a colonel in the army. So, um, he, the reason he's staying there and he's not wanting to leave is because he's also trying to find a cure at the same time. He's testing cures on, um, on rats and anything that helps out the rat, he, he goes and he, he captures these dark seekers. He'll capture one and try to run the trials on on it to see if he can reverse it and heal them. But it n- never works out for him. So this whole thing is he's just trying to survive and trying to find the cure. And that's why he won't leave New York because that's that's ground zero for him. That was the area he was in charge of when this broke out and he was in the army. That was the area he was in charge in, so he's not wanting to leave. Well, obviously... The movie has one of the most emotional scenes in it. Um, it doesn't affect me too much now, even though it's still really sad. But, you know, everybody's first time watching it. I think everybody agrees it's 
very sad moment. And the only moment I will compare to this that made that that I also found sad was um the Brachiosaurus scene, Brachiosaurus on the dock in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, are you talking about oh, so the scene you're talking about? Is it the the scene with his daughter? No. That's okay. sad, but no. Oh, that's what I thought. Because you were we don't about. we don't we, it's implied what happens obviously, but we don't see it. I'm talking about with Sam the dog. Oh, that's can't believe you forgot about that. So no, yeah, I, basically, I thought, I thought that was sad, but I thought you're I thought you're going with the uh, with his the helicopter that has his wife and his daughter. That it, no, that is sad. So yeah, throughout the movie, there's flashbacks of how of how he got to where he is, and you know he had a family, um, but his he was trying to get his they they the military blew up all the bridges leading out of the city to um, to basically quarantine the city a military quarantine. Well, he got his wife and his daughter and Sam was a puppy at the time, but the daughter gave the puppy to him and he was watching them fly out because he was going to stay there and, and try to fix everything. And while they're flying and it's, it's broken up into several flashbacks, kind of like in signs, that's the, that's similar. So it always, just like in signs, there's a ton, there's flashbacks throughout the entire movie explaining um, a key moment. And mm-hmm. that's what this is doing. Uh, constantly explaining a key moment through several flashbacks and it does it shows that once they're in the helicopter and they're in the air um, another helicopter accidentally there's a malfunction i thought it was i thought a night seeker jumped on the other helicopter and so that i can't that i can't remember it looks like i know what you're talking about and it looks like it but whether or not um a dark seeker did do that the helicopter still malfunctioned and it spun out of control and it hit the helicopter that his wife and daughter were in. So throughout the movie, you notice that Will Smith, he he's had no human interaction for about three years, right? Yeah. And it's crazy because part of his daily routine is it looks like it's implied that every morning he goes to drop off a DVD at the video store where there's several mannequins set up. And he interacts with these mannequins like they're people he talks to them he's like hey fred he flirts with the one well yeah so he it's weird because and it's probably because of um, a part in the back of him you know he's like i need to pretend these people are real so or these mannequins are real people so i don't go crazy so he talks to them normally like but it's weird because the the rest of how he acts throughout the rest of his daily routine doesn't imply that it's anything like that and yeah. it's 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 sad and it almost makes him seem like he, he's going crazy when he's having these interactions with these mannequins. But the rest of his routine doesn't make it seem that way. So he and Sam are, are hunting. They find a deer. The deer, Sam is chasing it. Sam chases it into an abandoned building. And it's and it's one of those dark abandoned buildings. And Will, you know, Will Smith, his name is Robert Neville. So um he's like telling he's like yelling he's like sam no because like sam knows she's not supposed to go into these buildings by herself or just in general she does and he knows he has to go in there and get her and he's obviously terrified you know he he has a he has his rifle and he has the flashlight on but he's constantly covering it and he's doing quick hand like a quick hand down so he can kind of see where he's going but he's trembling he's terrified because he knows what these things are capable of and here's the thing he's immune He's constantly trying to use his blood to form to, to help form a cure. So he knows that the only thing that's gonna happen to him is if they is if these dark seekers kill him. He knows he's not gonna get infected. Dogs are immune unless they're bit. 
they're immune to to the airborne version of the virus. Mm -hmm. So he knows if Sam gets bit, it's game over. So he's in here. He's, he's trying to find Sam, and he does, but he ends up running into Dark Seekers, and this is where we really see see what they look like, and they're they're scary looking. I'm not gonna uh, beat around the bush on that. There, so they're chasing him out the building. He leaps out the out of a out of a window a couple stories up, while one jumps on him. And as soon as that light hits that dark seeker skin, it the skin starts boiling and everything until it uh, lands on the ground and kills it. So he uh, decides he's gonna capture one to run the test on one. So he does. He he takes a vial of his blood. He has Sam sit in the car. Um, he sets up a trap. And he smashes the vial in there. He can hear rustling with the glass. So he triggers the, I think it's like a snare trap. Yeah. He uh, sets it off and he captures one. Um, come to find out it's it's a female. Uh, he, he later assumes between the age of 18 and 22. But there's an alpha dark seeker. He's basically the top dark seeker. He, he, he like You can tell he runs things. And he comes out and he... He doesn't even care. He steps out into the sun and as the side of his face is like boiling and burning, he screams the loudest scream he can at, at uh, Will Smith's character. And you kind of have to read um, online to find this out, but the the dark seeker that Will Smith captured is that one's daughter. Mm. Yeah. So that's why he did that. He's he's angry. So obviously there uh, that comes into play later. Um, but he captures her. Um, he's takes her back. He has, he has a lab in his basement, and he, he's running the test. He's trying to cure her. Accidentally kills her, but he brings her back to life. And he's still waiting for the uh, test to run. So he goes out the next day, and while he's out, he's driving, and he drives past. He notices out of the corner of his eye a mannequin in an orange hoodie, and that's Fred. So he stops, he puts in reverse, and obviously he's weirded out. Like, why is Fred over here and not at the movie store? He's a mannequin. That is where you really see, like, he's, he feels like he's starting to lose it. He gets out of the car, he grabs his rifle, and he's like, he's yelling. He's like, what are you doing, Fred? What are you doing there? He's like, you better tell me if you're real. And he starts, like, firing shots everywhere in the sky. Yeah. So he steps in a puddle, and it triggers. A, he even shoots Fred, by the way. But he steps in a puddle. And it triggers uh, a snare trap. That he set himself a long time ago, or just a random ass trap. After, I remember he. No, so that's the thing. That's not. I remember that's him not explained. His leg. So that's not explained. Yeah. I don't know, and it's weird because it's weird that I don't know if they saw it as a snare trap and they did it because it's kind of hard to think that they had the thought process to create the trap themselves. Yeah. So I don't know if. Um, you know, I never really thought too much about it, but it has to be a snare trap that Will Smith set himself yeah. uh, prior. But they must have seen it, noticed it. And if I'm wrong, please, uh, you know, I want to know. I'm probably going to go look it up after this. But um, Will Smith, you know, the Dark Seekers must have noticed it at night and they they basically set him up. Although, as ridiculous as it may sound, I don't know if the Dark Seeker also did it. I don't uh, we don't know. I don't know how how intelligent they are. I know that they can communicate and they can track and the alpha uh, dark seeker is actually, it shows in the movie several points where he is like a, a leader. So he has to have some sort of intelligence. Yeah. But yeah, he gets caught. 
Um, by the time he he get he hits his head, so his head starts bleeding. Um, and by the time he comes to, it's almost dusk. And if you pay attention early to um, earlier in the movie, while he's um, searching like random houses and stuff, looking for supplies, um, when he opens a cabinet in one house, there's a, a newspaper clipping on one of the cabinet doors. There's like a ton, but one of them, and it says, um, "The dogs can come out at dusk." And that's kind of foreshadowing what comes up because the night, uh, the dark seekers can't come out at dusk. They can only come out at night, like, like nighttime, but apparently the dogs, the infected dogs can come out starting at dusk. They just can't have any bit of sunlight on them. Yeah. And yeah, so this is where he see, he sees that there's a line of sun while the sun's setting and that line is starting to close. Um, Sam's barking, trying to, you know, wake him up. He starts to try to cut the wire that's holding him. And whenever he falls, he lands on his knife on his leg. So he's trying to scoot himself to the car because the uh, the dark one of the, there's a dark seeker that releases dogs. I'm pretty sure that one's the alpha dark seeker, but he releases like three dogs. So he's trying, and the only thing separating the dogs from already like killing him and Sam is that sunlight, and they're waiting for it to to completely close up. And he's scooting to his car to grab a gun. And yeah, so basically when the sun closes up, uh, one of them, like uh, Sam's protecting him at all costs. And um, he ends up killing them all, uh, but Sam got bit. So he takes Sam back to the house and he's in the lab down there and he's petting her. Her eyes are starting to get bloodshot, bad and red. Her teeth are, are starting to get yellow. You can tell that she's, she's sick. The infection is spreading really quickly and the way he's petting her, the hair is coming out like she's losing the fur. Um, so she begins to uh, start growling and tries to uh, so bite. Like, yeah, tries to bite him. Bite, yeah, bite his neck, and he has to, um, he has to choke her, choke her out, and put her down like that. It's very sad. It's yeah, a very sad just, moment. He was choking, choking her out. He had to break her neck. Yeah. Um, but that's as much as I'm going to talk about plot-wise, honestly. There's more to the plot. Um, there's a scene where other people come into play. But, like, this is supposed to be a, a mini-movie review, so that's it. We're just going to leave it Without spoiling that. the ending. Yeah. I don't, did you did you like the original ending, or did you like the, the alternate? The alternate. Cause I like the I wasn't a big... Like, I've seen the original so many times. I, I'm, I, I accept it, but... I, like I the, wish that they kept the, the alternate ending. No, so, okay, the alternate ending to me, I'm not going to say it was a complete uh, cheap ride out, but it really felt like that. It felt like they were that they were just like, what can we do to keep Will Smith? Um, but, uh, okay, I don't want to get too much into it because I'm not trying to ruin it. But, but basically, I liked the original ending. I really? thought the original ending is more meaningful. So, guys, if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. Um, but let's uh, go ahead and take a little break and we'll uh, move forward. Hey, Swenson. Yep. So if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me just explain. Okay, go on. It's free. No way. Yeah. So there's certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So I can make money just talking. 
Basically, I mean, oh. we already talk. Why not make some money at it, right? All right, say less. All right, so if you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, it'll be the best decision of your life if you're into podcasting. All right, welcome back. All right, are you ready to get into this? We're going to now talk about what the episode is here for, the top 10 Final Destination Deaths. All right, so now here's the thing. So Swinson and I, we each came up with our own list of 10. So we're each going to take turn one at a time. Uh, but we sort of modeled our list in separate ways. So mine are modeled in most excruciating deaths. And I'm going to start at what I think was the, out of the top 10, out of all the movies, I'm going to start with number 10, work my way up to number one. Uh, Swinson, wanna, you want to say how you... So, so how I did mine was I did my top five favorite deaths and my top ten hated deaths, so like worst deaths of the whole entire series. All right. Uh, and basically, uh, so if for those of you who haven't watched Final Destination, there are five movies. So it, they're originally, you know, as they came out, it stopped at number four. Um, number four was 3D. Uh, and then they did a number five a few years later. Number five was also 3D. Turned out, spoiler alert, prequel. number five was a prequel to number one. Um, it didn't seem that way, but it actually turned out to be that. It was actually pretty cool. It was a really, I thought it was a really cool plot twist. Um, but the Final Dest Destination movies are basically about some, there's always at the beginning of a movie, a huge death scene of a group of characters. But it turns out to always be the main characters, uh, the main character having a premonition. So that whole death scene it's just a premonition. Didn't really happen. But the movie always follows after that premonition and always kills people in the order. Um, it typically tries to stick that way it, 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 where fate or death kills people in the order that they were originally supposed to die in the premonition. Because the premonition, the person who has it, that main character, after they have it, they try to stop it. And it does stop it. But they're basically intervening uh, and stopping death. I think the only movie that didn't follow the premonition order was two. It was like opposite. I, two was I, opposite. I thought it was number three, but I could. Be, no, no was, you could be right. It was two because um, I remember the only reason why I know that is because like in in the main character's premonition in that movie, she dies last, obviously, and her friends with her die last on the highway. But as soon as she wakes up from the premonition. She technically cheats her death, and her friends get killed immediately and just goes backwards from her premonition. And I think that's the only movie that does it that way. Every other movie pretty much follows the same formula where it goes how they died, the order they died, and the premonition is how they die in real life. And you're a bigger Final Destination fan than me. It's my favorite series besides Saw. Uh, yeah, and Saw is a good series. Um, but so, yeah, we're going to kick it off that way. We're going to do our top 10 deaths. We'll try to explain it now. Whenever I said at the beginning of this episode that um, it's been a while, we tried to prep this episode a while back and we reviewed all, every death in every movie. And uh, I was even, we were even watching a couple of the movies, but that was a couple weeks ago. So we're going to try to remember what uh, movie it is and we'll try to explain the scene shortly. Uh, but why don't you kick us off with your number 10? Right. All right. So I will start it off with. Not the worst death, in my opinion, like number one worst death, but I will start it off with um, 
And yours are weird because you what? have you have five worst and five best. So you're gonna have a worst best and a best worst. And a worst worst and a best best, which is very hard to follow. Alright, so my number like all right, so my if you had to pick a number ten, bottom of the barrel out of these so oh, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. So yeah, so what I'll do is like from ten to five. We'll because what you what you eight. have is so let's take a plot. Um, I just want the audience to understand it, um, the listeners. So you have let's say you have let's pretend there's fifty total deaths. Yeah. All right. Oh, and I meant to say this. We're also talking. We're we, this is going to be a mixture of premonition deaths and real deaths that happen because we're we're just picking our favorites or however we wanted to do it. So yeah, we're not going to we're not going to cheat you cuz most of the good deaths happen in premonitions. <laughs> so, let's let's pretend there's 50 deaths, Swenson. Uh let's say you labeled them 1 to 50, all right? Number 1 is your is your favorite. You think it's the best. Number 10 is the worst. I mean, sorry, number 50 is the worst that you think. Oh, gotcha. You pick you picked one. I'm guessing you picked 1 through 5 and then 45 through 50. Yep. All right, that's weird. Uh, for me, if it were that way, my the way my list works is mine. My list is literally one through number ten, and then I'm not including the uh, um, eleven through fifty. So, I guess go ahead, kick us off with what you think is your your bottom of the barrel. All right. So the worst death, in my opinion, would probably be Mrs. Luton, her death in Final Destination One. And the only reason why I think it's probably one of the worst ones, and it was a hard hard process to pick her over the other ones I have because it's just like but her death I feel like even though like the movies aren't supposed to be realistic in a, in a sense her death was so dragged on and like there were so many opportunities like she was supposed to quote unquote die but it just like that was probably the longest death scene of all horror movies it's just her just they like break it down for you she's just in the kitchen and she's like packing her stuff because she just got like a transfer to a different high school because she's trying to get away from the the city that the town they live in to get away from all the death that happened and it's just like she's in the kitchen and pretty much long story short death's trying to kill her in multiple ways so like i think like a teapot explodes her kitchen catches on fire like she drops alcohol and it sets her back on fire it's just the whole movie the whole death scene was just so random and then the main character comes in the house and watches her die and then he's it was just like so he tries to help he tries no he pulled a knife out of her name yeah he tried to get there planted he planted evidence on himself because then the fbi was like oh there's no he's a kid he didn't realize there's no god killing these people this kid's killing everybody so it was just like, I just feel like her death was just so dragged on because it was just like, you're just watching this lady just crawl through her kitchen and get stabbed and burned and eventually the house blows up. It was just, I just thought it was the lamest death and boring. All right. So number 10 for me, it, which is in my top 10. So obviously, all right. It's going to be when uh, the glass panel like window that there's a crane lifting up crushes tim so in this one this is in final destination 2 tim um he almost died by choking to death on um something in a dentist office while while the dentist left and his mouth was left open and a um a like a plastic fish that's hanging on like a what is it called a a mobile a mobile from the ceiling it falls in his throat he almost chokes on it to um but after the appointment he's leaving and Whenever he walks out, he goes and he jumps in this like big like flock of pigeons that's on the ground, and it scares him away. And um, a glass panel that a crane is lifting 
uh, ends up falling and crushing him to death and in front of his mom and you can see like all the blood under the glass and stuff it's it was pretty insane that, that duck was actually on my top it was in my top 10 for favorites that almost made my cut for favorites. Well, remember, so these are my top 10. Yeah, so, so it was just and like... I, and I, I rated these off of excruciating. Yeah. So out of every Ooh, death... I know. Out of every death in Final Destination, I think this is the 10th most excruciating. And, for me, in my opinion. And Yeah, and I completely agree with you. Because watching that death, it was just like, ooh, ooh. Like, it, I, I don't know. It just set shows the back of my neck. Like, I don't know. Like, I was getting crushed. Like, it just freaked me out seeing that as a kid when I first saw it. Right, go, uh, why don't you go ahead with your next one? My next one would be Roy from Final Destination 5. So Roy had nothing to do with the premonition at all. So he was just a background character almost the entire movie. He wasn't in the premonition, wasn't a main character or a side character. He was just an annoying background character. They got into an argument with one of the, one of the supporting cast. Um, so... I forget the name of the guy, but the this guy is a recurring character in most of the Foundation of these movies. He pretty much tells them, like, death's trying to kill you, the code, and all this stuff. So in this movie, the code that he tells the main characters, the only way to cheat death is by killing somebody and stealing their life form, in a sense. Like, you're adding more life onto your life calculator, in a sense. So you're stealing their life and how much time they had left. So one of the characters, I forget his name, he... He's in an argument with Roy. Roy's just, like I said, a background character. He's in an argument with Roy at work. And Roy's just pissed off at this character because this guy is like 35 years younger than him. And he's his boss. And I can understand where, where I guess he's coming from in a sense. Because like when I was 20 years old and a manager, I had to be a boss to people that were in their 40s and 50s at 7-Eleven. So I can see like why Roy's annoyed. He's like, oh, why am I listening to this kid? He doesn't know this job like me. So he's just getting into altercation with this kid. The kid sees a crane flying by, so he thinks, oh, crap, death's trying to kill me. I see my death about to happen. I'm next on the list. So he pushes Roy off a balcony, and Roy pretty much gets hooked in the face and, quote-unquote, dies. The only reason why I thought that was like a... Well, Roy's was an accident. The kid, what was the guy's name? I forget the kid's name, but it it was an accident, but it was an accident. No, okay, so just so so the listener knows, he did not intentionally kill Roy. Roy's death was... An accident. No. Yeah, it was. No. Yeah, it was. And you can look it up. I will. And, bro. and all so the he... second, that was a super long explanation for a death. I was just trying to explain why he pushed Roy. Well, you, you gave if the you entire watch, plot. If you want, no, not the whole plot. You just gave the plot of the whole movie. You might as well have just read the script. Yeah. <laughs> Wrongly. But I didn't like I didn't like Roy's death because it is just like a I feel like he wasn't even supposed to be like a character in the movie until it had the. See, I thought sense. that I thought that was cool. I thought you know because because they they included somebody who wasn't in the in the in the uh, starting lineup. You know, somebody different that they brought into it. I thought that was interesting. And the only reason why I know that was on purpose is because after the death and after the group like cuddles up and tries to counsel him, and then before his the next character that was on the premonition dies, he even tells them like, "Hey, like I'm clear, I'm safe because Roy's dead." I took his life, and then that's what causes the other character. No, so the way that worked is death. Roy died intervening with that guy's death, and when it intervenes, that's the life it takes. I'm telling you, there's no way that he actually that he pushed that guy. That's not the type of character that he was in that movie. No, nah, he did it on purpose. No. All right, I'm gonna go to my next one. Uh, so my number nine is Frankie gets his head and brain sliced up by a truck engine. 
This is in the third movie. Oh, I remember that. Frankie's at a drive-thru, and Frankie's this perverted guy, and he's at a drive-thru, and this uh, truck, it, it's it's kind of downhill, and this this truck starts rolling downhill. I can't remember what was wrong with the truck, but it ends up uh, crashing in the back of Frankie's car, and the engine, or the, I think it was like an engine, or it, it yeah, this engine, like, comes out of the front of the truck, slides over into Frankie's car and completely slices up the back of his head, like the back half of it. It was, it was gross all over. I mean, it was insane. See, like with that death, like it was so unexpected for me because like the main character, like two main characters of that movie, they're like low key. Like you think they're going to die because they're in the car behind them. They're technically in that truck. So you think like, oh crap, that's trying to kill them early. Like, oh crap, maybe it's not following the list. But then you, I guess, Death predicted that they were going to jump out of the truck. So Death needed them there. So when that van that's falling down the hill hits their truck and it, it kills Frankie. So in a sense, like, it tricks the viewer into thinking, like, maybe Death's not following the list again, like, two. But then you realize Death placed them there on purpose because he needed them to be there so their truck would kill Frankie. All right. So listen to this. I told you. You're really trying to fool me around about the Roy. Because <laughs> I'm not. This 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 podcast is not about giving people the wrong information. All right. Listen. This is quoted from fandom. All right. Final Destination Wiki. During an argument between Nathan and Roy. Nathan is the character who was originally in the premonition. Roy was not. Um, it was over an offensive message sent to Nathan within the factory. Nathan notices a lifting hook moving. Nathan tries to get both himself and Roy out of the way, but Roy thinks that Nathan is trying to start a fight and resists. Roy is pushed backwards by Nathan as the faulty chain supporting the large hook collapses, breaking through the gridded walkway beneath his feet, causing him to fall. As he falls, he claps onto the chain for support, inches away from being impaled by a pole. He is caught on the hook. It turns out the hook has impaled him through the head, protruding uh, through the back of his skull. This means that Nathan has caused his death, giving him all of Roy's unlived days. So it was an accident. He did not purposely do that. Mm. He tried to move Roy out of the way so neither of them would get hurt. Roy thought it was a fight and was fighting back. Nathan pushed him off of him, and that happened. Okay. So I was wrong. Yes. 95%. No. You were, <laughs> you were 95% wrong. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you were 5% right. All right, go ahead with your next one. Um, so my next one would be George from Foundation Nation 4. The reason why I didn't like that death is because they spent most of the movie giving this character like character development. George is pretty much, I'm not going to give too much spoilers, but pretty much he's been going through a lot. With, like You find out that he's a struggling alcoholic because he lost his wife to cancer. And George is played by the same actor who played Bubba Gump and Forrest Gump. Um, so they spent this movie like really giving this guy like character development, like you were rooting for him, like as one of the main characters. And then like I just feel like his death was a cop out because he has a similar death to a chick in the first movie where like she gets hit by a bus all of a sudden randomly, like you don't see that coming at all. He gets hit by an ambulance truck when they're trying to go save his girlfriend, the main character's girlfriend in the movie. George just gets hit by a fucking ambulance truck, and you just don't see that coming. It's just, I feel like okay, it was, well, the ambulance isn't trying to save like the no, girlfriend. The ambulance is just trying to no, go respond it was trying to, to respond. Explosion. It was trying to respond to the explosion that happened ten minutes prior 
because of another death that happens. I'm not going to spoil it. Um, but I just felt like they spent so much time developing George just for George to just get a cop-out death. Like, I felt like his death should have been, like, more elaborate or, like, something, like, where the viewer can, like, oh, crap, he's going to die. Like, you, nobody was expecting George to get hit by an ambulance. It was just, like, I felt like, dang, like, you just wasted 40 minutes of my time with this guy just to kill him like that. Because he's definitely a top three character in that movie. He was probably the best character. He is my favorite character in the movie. I'm talking about, like, getting, like, attention of the movie. Like, he had a lot of screen time. All right, my next one coming in at number seven is Wendy gets a nail gun to the back of her head. So this is in Final Destination 3. Uh, There's really no way to explain it. She falls back and a nail gun starts going off and her hand is in front of her face. So the nail gun is shooting shooting like uh, nine inch nails through uh, the back of her head and it's coming out of the front of her face. And with her, when her hand is in front of her face, it's obviously going through her hand, so now her hand's stuck. But she's, like, feeling all of that until her brain just stops circulating, period. So that's a pretty sucky one. Uh, you want to go with your next one? So you should be my, your last of the worst. No, it's my second to last. I still got two more. That's that's no way, because I you went first. I gave Miss Luton, I gave Roy, and then I gave um, George. So I still got two more. There's no way because I'm on number after this. I'm on number six. Number six would be the la- like I'd be moving in after that. I'm moving. I only gave five. three so far. I still got two more. All right, go ahead. All right, so my next one would be Hunter from Final Destination Four. He's the jock douchebag of that movie. So that's another character too. Like honestly, in my opinion, like even though most of my list is Final Destination Four, I just feel like that movie was just like it was just. A, bad movie like overall so i'm kind of biased i guess but they gave hunter a lot of screen time just for his death like he dies in the pool and it was just like i don't know i felt like it was too unrealistic because there's a lot of deaths that happened in that movie that was just like okay like that would never happen okay but all right i'm gonna stop you there because number six which is my next one is the same one you have Hunter as number six. Yes, because it's excruciating. Now a pool drain. All right, let's. Fuck I'm not. I'm not going to. S- okay, it's. It's not just. It's disemboweling him. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the thing. A drain with the kind of pumps that that pool have is very possible to be that strong. However, is it strong enough to break the little uh, grates above the drain? No, I don't think that. But if he were to get caught on that and it were constantly pulling, I think that. I think that that is possible, but it wouldn't happen that exact way. Obviously, a lot of that was special effects, obviously, and exaggerating. But I do think it's possible if you get caught in a high-powered suction drain like that, you could get disemboweled. I mean, yeah. And plus, it's not just disemboweling. He's drowning at the bottom. And how scary is that? You're at the bottom. He's at the bottom of a public pool. He's stuck on this drain. He can't get off. It's slowly, you see it caving in his abdomen, his stomach. You're starting to see the outline of his ribs. Everybody's at the surface of the pool swimming, and he can't get anybody's attention. He's drowning. His lungs are probably collapsing. His head, he's going dizzy at the same time. Uh, everything in his body is getting crushed because of this uh, this drain. And that, that that's pretty awful. Yeah. I'll give it to you there, then. All right, go ahead with your next one. So my next one, which would be my last one, wasn't like 
So it's hard to pick this one because, like I said, I didn't think it was bad. It's just like it kind of relates to Mrs. Luton in the sense that it, it drags on. And it's the cowboy character from Father's Nation 4. Um, because you don't really see him. He dies in the premonition. So you don't see him almost the entire movie. You almost forget that he's even in the movie. And then, like, the main character and George find out about him because of a TV, like, a TV news report about him, like, being bedridden and surviving, one of the few survivors of the raceway explosion. So pretty much almost similar to Miss Lewin, like, it's just dragged on death because he's pretty much, you're anticipating him getting crushed by, like, a water tub above him because there's a guy above him and his bathtub is filling up and nobody's, like, paying attention to this guy in his bathtub. So it overflows. And then, long story short, like, it's just a dragged on death. Like, the cowboy tries to crawl out of the bed trying to avoid the water because you just he's thinking, like, why well, is water spilling on me? Like, what the heck's going on? But then, like, it's just, like, a 10-minute death scene of him just crawling. And then he just eventually gets crushed from the ceiling from a giant tub. So I just felt like it was just a drag-on death. wasn't really kooky death or one of the crazy deaths you see in Final Destination, but it was just a drag-on death. Made All the movie unnecessarily longer than it had to be. All right. Now, getting into my top five. With number five, uh, Candace. Um, bent in half backwards from a faulty let go off of a balance beam. That's from Final Destination 5. Yes. So there's this setup where this thumbtack or a screw comes out of the ceiling out of one of the fans of this gymnasium lands perfect on a balance beam. And you think that they're going to, that she's going to step on it. She's not the one who ends up stepping on it. Somebody else steps on it, falls over, knocks the, uh, the hand chalk um that spills over and a giant fan blows it everywhere while candace is doing her um her spins um she does a let go and she lands completely wrong because of all the chalk dust in the air and she lands on like her her head her neck and her upper uh chest and uh her back snaps in half backwards that's actually on my top five list that was my five so now i gotta I'll replace it with no, no, no. Six. That's your fault. You can't. No, you can't replace. That's your because we had the same thing for Hunter. There's no replacing. That's the surprise. We didn't right. tell. We didn't tell each other our picks before this. You're right. Yeah, that was my five then too for the so, same exact reason. T- yeah, just give your small little spiel about it. Pretty much small. Not don't. Oh, no, I'm not gonna drag it on. You already explained it. Um. Yeah. So see how quick I explained it. <laughs> Stop. That's how so, quick it should. Be. I like that because, like, like you said, you're kind of anticipating like so much stuff going on in that scene, especially like with the nail on the high beam. It was completely unexpected. Was completely unexpected because you think like, oh, this is what's going to cause it. And then there's like so much stuff going on that when you see it affect that somebody else, that that chain of event is what caused her actual death and stuff. You think that she's going to be the one who like steps on this nail or that, that, think of how intricate that is a na- a, a screw or a nail or whatever falls out of the ceiling lands perfect on a balance beam you think she's gonna step on it somebody else steps on it falls over knocks over a big bucket of hand chalk that gets knocked over in the way of a fan fan, one of those industrial size fans and she while she's doing her spins and she lets go and lands wrong because of it i heard filming that scene too was probably the most difficult scene they did in the entire movie i don't know but I'll, i'll ask the director all right, just let me know what James. Let me know what James wants. So. All right, since we have the same one for that, I'm gonna move on to my number four, which is Carter getting dragged by his Yo. own tow truck 
burning alive, and his head gets blown off in an explosion. Bro, that's my four, too. All right, so we'll each talk about it real quick. So basically, this is from Final Destination 4. So this racist guy tries to go and kill George, as you were talking about earlier. And he he tries to go to his house to, uh, I think it's either, I don't know if it's to kill him, but he tries to go put a cross. I think the whole... He doesn't try to kill him. He goes to put a cross. He goes to put a burning yard. cross on his yard because yeah. he blames George for um, his wife's, his wife's death. death. But the entire movie prior to like Because he wouldn't let him go back in for his wife. Yeah. And even like in the beginning, like you see tension between them because because he's racist and George is black and he he, he whistles the KKK like it's like the Dixie or the whatever. Dixie, yeah, the Dixie Hazard Dixie uh, theme song. He yeah, so that at him. Basically, so. he his um, something falls off the mirror of his truck, puts his truck in drive. Um, a chain, uh, the tow chain with the hook, actually something loosened it in the car, so it dragged. Well, ended up catching him on the ankle, starts dragging him, and there's there's a can of gasoline from what he poured on the cross. It was on the back leaking. of his truck, and it tips over and leaks on the ground. So actually so, being dragged. Uh, the 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 hook and the chain dragging on the asphalt uh, creates sparks, which ignites the gasoline. So while this truck is slowly driving down the road, this guy's being dragged by it, and he catches on fire. The truck eventually explodes, and his his whole body explodes, and his head lands in George's yard. I think it, I think that whole that was probably one of my favorite deaths night because it's like oh this racist guy's getting done in. And it's just funny because George hears all this. He's like, what the hell is going on? He's watching this guy get dragged down the road. Doesn't know it's him yet. So he's watching this guy get dragged down the road, and while this guy's getting dragged and oh. burned alive, there's why can't we be well, friends? That's playing, what I was about to say. That's the wall, funniest part. Funniest death it's, ever. It, it, it's you know it's a, it's a it's a white man and a black man, and this white man is racist, and this black man he. You know, he, he's constantly, George, he's constantly reading uh, the Bible. He, you know, he doesn't want, obviously, who wants to be treated like that? Who mm-hmm. wants to be seen like that? And while this guy is being dragged and he has this karma that came to him, really loud in the truck stereo, why can't we be friends is blasting. blasting. It's it, it, it's, it's like death, like, nah, you deserve this it's one. It's the cherry on top of a perfect scene. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to move to my number three. We're in the top three, all right? Number three. Ashlyn and Ashley burning alive in the tanning beds. Bro, stop stealing my freaking. I didn't. We made these. We made these lists without telling each other. Now I'll tell you what, dude. Any death that involves burning alive is gonna be bad. Yeah. And I guess the reason for this one is they. So these two girls, they're they're not. They go to this tanning salon. They're not following any of the rules. They they've got a drink that leaks and. and destroys the unit so the temperature goes up higher than what it's supposed to um a, a shelf in there breaks falls in between the tanning beds and ends up um it, it it forms itself in there so they can't get out because it basically traps them in there um and once it starts getting hot their skin starts burning it starts bubbling the skin is peeling and they're screaming they're trying to get out these uh, the light bulbs in there burst flames start pouring and these girls are screaming and it is awful. I just think, like, I think my favorite scene of that, that like, that death is just a crazy death. And it located, in my my opinion, is probably the best death of that movie. Um, it's just ironic. So they're both dying at the same time. And then their funerals are going on at the same time because they're buried next to each other. Like, they have a joint funeral. So it's kind of funny and, like, ironic because they died together. So they're getting buried together. <laughs> All right, number two. Dennis getting covered by hot tar and falls to his death. Probably this scene, right? 
Yeah, so this is a number five. So Dennis is the the, the boss of these guys. And um, during the bridge collapse premonition in number five, um, this uh, something causes uh, like hot boiling hot tar to fly and fall over Dennis's face while he's hanging off of the bridge. And uh, the bridge continues to, cr- uh, to crumble. And the reason why this one is bad is because he is... Uh, this tar is burning the skin off of his face. It's burning through it. The bridge collapses. He falls. And if the impact of hitting the water didn't kill him and the tar didn't kill him, then drowning did. Yo, definitely. So you have to think about that. Not only is he burning alive, but he's drowning too. Because that cool water is only gonna so- is only gonna create like make the tar solid. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a. That solid. whole, that whole death, like premonition for him is just like I, I don't know. It's just like one of those ones that make you cringe. Like, ooh, I can feel that. I feel him suffering. All right, go ahead with your uh, next one. All right, so my number you two, be on number two. Yeah, so my number two, like it was hard to decide. So like, I'm gonna give you a reason why it's my number two. Cause like, it's a tie. But it's like the reason why it's a tie because they're both premonition deaths. So they didn't happen in the movie. All right, you got ten seconds. All right, so it's <laughs> Ash, Ashley from Destination Four. And Captain Burke from Final Destination 2. And the only reason why like, I kind of decide is because they're my favorite premonition deaths, both of them. And it's because Captain Kirk is getting crushed by a log going down the road on the highway in 2. And then Ashley's getting sucked into an escalator during 4. And the reason why I love those ones is because, like, I don't know. I just feel like those ones made me scared growing up because, like, I was already freaked out going on escalators growing up. So it's just like, oh, damn. Like, what if this actually happened? I'll get sucked into an escalator and get ripped to shreds. Or okay, so I never drove behind logs on the highway either. Just explain the logs because I'm going to go ahead and say my number one is, uh, is and her name's Lori, by the way. Oh, it's Lori? Yeah, is, oh, is Lori bad. getting crushed by the escalator. Lori. I'll explain into that. You are you had a tie. Don't yeah. don't explain two deaths. You're, I'm okay. No, I'm just saying that's greedy. They're just all right. All right explain all right. explain the law. All right. So Captain Burke, pretty much, he's right on the highway, and it's a premonition of the main character of the movie. So he is like, I think he's the first. He's the first one that dies in the premonition, and he spills coffee on himself. So he's not paying attention, but he's behind a truck. No, no, no. Let me just interrupt for a second. He's. He's a cop, so he spilled the coffee on himself, and he's he while he was trying to drive, and he was on the laptop in the car. Yeah, so pretty much, he's the first one that dies in the premonition. Death unhooks the logs on the back of his truck, so these logs are bouncing off but the no, highway. I'm pretty sure the chain snaps. It, all right, Death well, you have to the say chain that, snap. okay? Because they're gonna if anybody who right, hasn't seen right, this is right. gone. Wait, anybody who hasn't seen this is just gonna imagine uh like a An chain being hand unhooked. Yeah, hey, I mean, death works in mysterious ways, but oh. Um, so get out. <laughs> um, the logs bounce off the truck, hit the high, bounce off the high, which honestly is probably a great use of CGI. Like it so it looks so realistic. Well, because anyway, in the behind the scenes, they said that they tried to get that done with. So no, no, they so they were using real logs, but they couldn't get the bounce they wanted. So for the bounce, that's where they use CGI. But the logs falling was real. Yeah. So pretty much the logs bounce, and long story short, one of the logs legitimately goes through the driver's side window and crushes Captain Burt, like, destroys him. And, like, you see the log going out the back of the car, covered in blood and what remains of Captain Burt, and it was just such a... 
gruesome scene growing up. Like seeing that movie, I was like, holy crap. Like that was before I had my driver's license and everything. It made me afraid of driving on highways for a good year. Like I didn't go on highways, not just solely off that, but just I was always afraid, like, oh crap, like I could die on the highway. So that scene just messed me up. So that's why I'm it like, is a pretty scary scene. A lot of, and I have to say that probably had the most influence on um, after that came out because a lot of people, uh, and I'm, I guarantee a lot of people agree to this, don't want to drive behind trucks that carry logs and I still don't or things in like that in general. All right, so I'm gonna move on to my number one, which you ruined because you got greedy with the kills. Oh, sorry. Oh, here's my number one, but I, it's it's five different. No, it's my tied. number two tied. I yeah. still have my number oh, one. I know. All right, so my number one is Lori getting crushed to death by an escalator. This is in Final Destination 4. It's a premonition death. Basically, um, there's an explo- There's three explosions in the mall. One of the explosions uh, dis- uh, kind of like destroys basically one of the escalators. So the top of the escalator comes off, but the gears are still moving. Um, Lori falls into it, and it's slowly crushing her legs. And I'm not trying to sound funny when I say this, but when you see her legs coming out of the other end, it it's it's like uh it's like crushing a tube of toothpaste yeah but it's it, they're just like like when you see them going in it's almost like you're you're uh you're putting pasta through a pasta maker yeah or how gordon Ramsay says a pasta yeah a pasta maker <laughs> but you see it going in there and that's awful she's feeling all that she's feeling her her feet her legs getting crushed and she's trying to reach for her boy her boyfriend and it's Man, that has to be the number one excruciating because, like, at least when you're burning alive, nine times out of ten, you're like, okay, well, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then you just it. pass out. You just pass yeah, out from, from the, the pain. pain. She she was getting sucked into this escalator. Yeah, dude. And it was slow. It, it was pulling in, like, part, like, slowly parts of her at a time. And that was bad. And eventually, yeah, it crushed her organs. So now she, she's got, she's throwing up blood. That has to be the number one for me, honestly. So go ahead with your number one. So my number one is Billy in Final Destination 1. And the reason why that's one of my favorite deaths of all time is not because, like, Billy's played by Sean William Scott. It's because, like, it was our first taste of how gory this series was going to become. Because the deaths prior to Billy's death, they were, like, quick crazy deaths in a, in a sense but it didn't show the gore factor yet and that was the first gory death we got to experience that's found destination fans because um pretty much they're on the train they're like in a car one of the main characters is getting pissed off because he just lost his girlfriend and everybody's dying so he says if i'm gonna die then death i'm just gonna i'm gonna take the life into my own hands i'm gonna kill myself so he parks his car on the train tracks billy and the two other main characters hop out of the car and then pretty much the bully decides he wants to get out of the car. Main character saves him. And then Billy's freaking out on him because he thinks that he's still next. And Billy doesn't realize that he's actually next after the bully. Because nobody understands the concept that if you okay, save... Okay, so the bully's name is Connor. Yeah. Because, okay, because you're saying bully and Billy. I can't think. Oh, yeah. All right. Because, and those sound alike. Yeah. So, and the reason I remember that is because uh, there's another guy named Connor as well. But I remember the scenes in Final Destination 1 where Billy would be like, Connor, you dick. Yeah, so Connor... Like, he says it, like, three times. So the main character saving Connor's life, Billy's freaked out. Billy's like, you're next, you're you're blah, blah. Doesn't understand yet that if you prevent somebody's life, you get skipped. So it goes on to the next one. So Billy has no idea that he's next yet. And, like, they're still by the train. Train's still passing them by after it destroyed 
Connor's car, and then Billy turns around as he's like trying to like f this. I'm leaving you guys. You guys are gonna kill me. And he turns around, and the train runs over a piece of shrap metal and it just decapitates his head. And it's not like a normal decapitation; like it cuts the his head in half. So it cuts it from the nose all the way through. It just cuts his top of his head off of him completely. And you see his head rolling, and you see his head, and you're just like, whoa. So that was like the first Ooh. taste of gore that we got to taste and felt this thing. Obviously, there's much more gorier deaths in the series, but that was our first taste of gore to come in the series. All right. Um, let me backtrack a little. So I realized I was the one who messed up in my order, which I apologize for blaming you. I'm just used to you making the mistakes. Ooh. All right. So I said my number 10 was the glass window crushing Tim. My number nine was Frankie gets his head and brain sliced up by a truck engine. My number eight was Wendy gets a nail gun to the back of her head. Yep. Number seven was the one I missed. And uh, number and I think I missed it because I accidentally thought I did it because I it, my number nine says Frankie gets his head and brain sliced. Number seven is Rory being sliced. That's where I messed up because I thought I read it already. So number seven, and this is in uh, End of Final Destination 3. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, 2. The End of Final Destination 2. Rory is uh, the farm. He's the kid that lives on that farm, and he ends up uh, the grill explodes. That almost made my top ten list. And he uh, he flies back um, from the explosion. No, no, no. Rory's somebody else. Sorry. So there's an explosion. I think it's the van or something. Um, but it ends up shooting the fenced barbed wire and slices him like uh, I think in two spots. And that's my number seven. And the reason is because it's sliced across the chest and like somewhere near the abdomen. And I, the reason I think that one was pretty bad is because you still have brain activity, like even being sliced there. So you, whether or not you feel it from adrenaline, he, he looked down, he looked down and, and he saw blinking. what, yeah. And he saw, and the top half of him slid off. And I think that's, that's pretty crazy because, um, what is it like whenever you, uh, you're moving like so fast and there's like a sharp wire and you get like decapitated. What is that whole thing called? I don't know. Clothesline. There. Yeah, that'd be pretty bad too. Ooh. But yeah, so sorry that I missed that one. But now you have my top 10 excruciating and you have out of all the final destinations and you have Swinson's uh, five best and five worst. So uh this was fun though i really enjoyed like going over this this is a new kind of episode we we, we spent like this was probably the first episode we did our research together like we legit spent like what th two three hours watching, watching all, all the, the movies and watching all the deaths and like reviewing them yeah and um yeah this is the first time we did research together but like i said guys and um we're gonna be doing some more research tomorrow for our next episode which is a surprise uh but we will uh, i'll give you a hint but for now, your hint's going to play after we sign off. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, keep on reviewing.